Welcome to Views from the Floor Podcast. This is Nico. Just cause. Yo, it's Taz. And we here, man, another week. Hey man, how was y'all week? Weekend was good. No complaints. Seemed like I'm hitting my stride a little bit. Okay. You know? Yeah. It was good. Real good. I was just chilling, you know what I'm saying? Working. Same old, same old. Word. Yeah, man. We uh worked on a little music this weekend. Mm. Made the beat from scratch. Flipped the old song. I won't say which song. Ooh. I, I'll tell you though. Off, off air. Off air. <laughs> off air, of course. <laughs> but um, yeah, man. You know, I realized when uh, people talk about you know you got to get back in shape. That's a real thing. Yeah. That's that's a that's a real thing. Trying to get back in writer shape. You know what I mean? To just think with that side of the brain. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a whole different side and of once brain. Once you win it, you win it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like once. Once things start coming back, it's like riding a bike. But yeah, it's just—I don't know. It's—it's it's a little weird. Hmm. You know what I mean, it's a little weird. You go from—you go from years of fucking writing rhymes every day, like multiple, mm-hmm. and then you stop for whatever reason. And then even though like you really rhyme every day, like you don't stop. Yeah. But I don't think any anybody who does any type of musical art form really stops. Mm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's a it's like a twitch in you. Like I'm sure if somebody played an instrument and they just stop playing the instrument, they still see notes, hear notes, even like come up with some stuff every now and then. It's just, it's just weird. But um yeah man, my week was alright. I'm getting a tattoo tomorrow. Well when y'all hear this, I don't I don't had it but Mm. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna wrap this arm around a little bit. Mm. Yeah. Something, yeah. That's something I was thinking. I ain't do that. Mm-hmm. I need to do something like that. When the last time you got a tattoo? Last time I got a tattoo. Mm-hmm. Last tattoo I got was. Oh shit! Shh, boy, that was two two thousand and. I know mine. When, was when 10 did we years start ago. hanging out? Eleven. Yeah. Oh, shit. It was 2011 mm-hmm. last time I got tattooed. Me too. Yeah. Come on now, I'm lying like shit. It was you know? the fishes around my Pisces somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I mean, I remember when you got it. I was 2011 too. Yeah. yeah. That's the last time I got tattooed. Me too. It was 10 years ago. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It was 10 years ago. <laughs> so, yeah, that should be interesting and fun. Yeah. I played, uh, I played softball yesterday. Ooh. Yeah, my damn... I realized not playing in a while. First of all, I couldn't throw from third to first to save my life. I stopped every every ball that I can get. I stopped it, like backhand, forehand. It didn't didn't matter. I stopped that. That was fine. But just throwing from third to first fucked me up. <laughs> like it ate me alive. I don't know what it was. It was just like my arm just died. Old nigga shit. Yeah, literally. I my guess. hip my hip's been giving me hell. I hey, guess. That's man. an old nigga injury. Nigga, I went down to I went down to cut my nails, my toenails, right? Mm-hmm. And I was down there for a while. <laughs> and that junk just locked up on me. I was like, oh, oh no. Shit. That junk been plaguing me oh. ever since, man. This was what? When did this happen? This happened sun Sunday? Was it Sunday night? Yeah, Sunday night, man. Had to be a Sunday night. <laughs> yeah, because Candace and, yeah, they were, yeah. Because I had went to the gym and I went, came home, showered and everything. I was like, I'm going to do some manscape. 
So, boom. But now I got my... T- <laughs> I, was, I was down there for a minute. Hey. I got that joke. That joke just locked up on me. Once you reach a certain age, you get hurt doing shit. <laughs> everyday like stuff, everyday man. Everyday shit. When you like, like real. It's like real, man. A basketball injury. Unless you Drake. Only nigga that don't play sports and just get. He just keeps getting basketball injuries. It don't make no sense. He wasn't with me shooting in the gym. Yeah. Um. So moving along in the pod, I know this isn't this is not on the docket, but I seen it when I was scrolling for shit. Mm-hmm. I seen it. Y'all seen the whole KD Michael Rappaport shit? Yeah. We, we can talk about it real morning. quick and then move on. I heard about it this morning. But you seen that shit? I know you ain't seen it. But uh, <laughs> I guess Michael Rappaport said something about KD just being sensitive. Yeah. Which we've sensitive all, we've about said, stuff. We've said this And KD times. went off. Called him a cunt-ass nigga. You, you know what I mean? showed your sensitivity. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He just... I mean, he went on like... He threatened him, threatened his family, all types of stuff. Michael didn't have to lick that DC stuff, shit, Yo, that, that DC came out of KD quick. Shout out to Southeast. <laughs> Here we go. Bay Street. Yeah, nah. Mumbo sauce, baby. Yeah. Nah, it was... <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. Michael Rappaport didn't think it was hilarious, but he really going to hate him now. He going to hate him worse than he hate LeBron. And he hate Bron because he felt like Bron slighted his kid one time at a game, but... Yeah, he's gonna really hate KD, <laughs> but it just it just kind of proved Michael Rappaport's point of yeah. KD he's being sensitive, very sensitive. Oh, because he was talking about how um, him not answering Chuck's question. Yeah, you know what I mean. He just said yeah, and like that was it. Didn't elaborate. He just said yeah, and KD didn't like that shit at all, and just went in on him. Um. But anyway, moving on. We can stay on sports. So, <laughs> Russell Westbrook, we talk about Russell Westbrook on the show all the time. All the time. I feel like we shouldn't, but somehow or another, it happens. I think we talk about Kyrie more, but that's nothing. Oh, oh, absolutely. We absolutely talk about Kyrie more. <laughs> but Russell Westbrook had a damn a game that you can only – Get in a video game. Yeah. What he had, like 35. He had a 35, 21 assists. Yeah. 11 rebound, triple double. And fucking fantastic. I mean, like I said, nobody, you only dream of having that in the game. Like, I try to get that in the game as hard as I can. You can get it, but you know what I mean? Like, it it takes a little work. But yeah. that's just with my thumbs. He went and did it in real life. You got, you got to go for the assist first. You got to then get your points. Yeah, that's, they, that's there you go. That's how you do it. <laughs> so, Stephen A. We all know Stephen A. Ooh, yeah. No matter how you feel about Stephen A., you he respect his, Stephen A. He also Very much. does his job. Yeah. Shout out to Winston-Salem State University, baby. He does his job. He does his job well. He black. He, you know what I mean? He like got money. And he, he, and he do do a lot of work in this community. He does. He does. He does. He's he's a stand up guy in that regard. But he went on first take and mm-hmm. said he don't give a damn about what Russell Westbrook did because we seen we we seen we know what he can do. The man won the MVP, averaging a triple double. A triple double. You know what I mean? He averaged forty two points that year. Yeah. He went went fucking, you know, just 
He, he don't give a fuck. He just want him. He want him to win a championship. He don't care about the stats no more. Mm-mm. He's above that because he's a Hall of Fame talent player. I don't see no wrongs in that. Russ no said, <laughs> "I ain't putting up with no negativity. I'm not letting nobody control any type of narrative surrounding him or his family." And he won a championship already by being in the NBA. It's, he's he don't play. He said, "I don't play for championships." I won a champion. The championship, the championship for me is when I made it to the NBA. I'm I'm working in the community. I'm working in the community. I'm doing all this stuff that I can. Like he was like, I know. He was like, I know people who have championship rings and are miserable in life. Of course, absolutely. Like it doesn't. A championship doesn't define who he is. If he wins one, if he don't win one, doesn't fucking matter to him. What matters to him is his legacy that he leaves behind. They both were right. And Not, yeah, go oh, ahead. Oh, I, I say that, but I say they both were right because on the angle that Stephen A. Smith was talking about, he's correct. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong about what he said. He's been saying this shit forever. Yes, he he don't just say it about him; he said about everybody else. And this is the thing: Russell was also correct. Basket, there's a life after basketball. Basketball is not an end all, be all. However. When we are playing, when most of them play the game of basketball, their ultimate goal is to win a championship. That's Carlos Boozer. Period. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but period, like that's that's the that is the goal, and that was that was his goal at one point in time, mm-hmm. right? That was his goal. Yeah. He stated that was his he's, goal. At he's one played point in four time. conference finals. That and I I I agree wholeheartedly with what he said, but I I kind of felt like that ain't had nothing to do with what he said. But he said it had nothing to do. Now, Stephen A. should have just been let it go instead of trying to rebuttal him. But that's his job. That's what he does. Mm-hmm. That's right. But it wasn't even a conversation about who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. We're only talking about basketball. And I get it. Like and That's what Stephen A. said. Come on, <clears> dude. <throat> see, see, the thing is, when Russ comes out and says that I'm not trying to play for championships, it's an alarming for me. As a player on that team that is with him, oh, so you just out for stats? I mean, he has to be. Y'all suck. Well, I understand that. That's that's fine. But you had four opportunities to try to get it done. And you had some really good teams then, too. I mean, heck, how many years did he play with uh, Harden and uh, Houston? There were circumstances behind those. There were. But there also were times where he could have put more effort in himself. Yes, he could have. And one of the, the, the worst stats that he has in, 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 in general is three-point shooting. One, he got to stop shooting the three. Or he needs to work on the three. But sometimes he shoots himself out of games. We have seen that. Done that in championship. There you series. go. But that the pass is the pass, right? That's fine. <laughs> he ain't gonna win nothing in the Washington. I'm sorry, it's not gonna happen. Yeah, I mean he can forget it. I I love, you know, what's my man's name? The shooting guard, yeah. Bradley Bill. I like Bradley Bill. He need to get out of there. I'm sorry. You know, Stephen A. did say something that he could. Well, I don't know if it was Stephen A. or somebody else. He said that he they, he could have pushed it a little a little more to get some more depth on the rosters. Yeah, to help him out. And I I agree with that. And then, you know, you see people come out and talk about Chris Paul. Remember, Chris Paul, they tried that to get him to Kobe. And the league was like, nope. Yeah. 
So we gonna leave Chris Paul out of that because Chris Paul has tried. They yeah. didn't the league stop that. So, you know, Stephen A. brought up, you know, he played with KD and mm-hmm. and and uh, James Harden mm-hmm. and Serge Ibaka mm-hmm. and Paul George and Melo and Bradley Bill and and James Harden again and all that stuff like that and couldn't get it done. Well, my thing is this. You can't really bring up James Harden in, in no. the first go-round no. because he was a bench player at the time. Six-man. Ja- James Harden was not James Harden yet. No. The second time around was different. But also, too, we got to look up at the makeup of that Houston team. It was trash. No true big man. That was a true experiment of a fucking team. It just so happens they had two Hall of Fame-type players on the fucking team to make it to a second. They lost to the champs. That's yeah. one. The one major, the one major thing was, they was up three one against the Warriors and lost. Yes, you can give them that. But my thing also is, it's a team fucking sport. Definitely, it don't matter if you got KD and Russell on your team and they both go up for fifty. They can have fifty apiece, but if nobody else on your team is doing shit. <laughs> Facts. Then it don't fucking matter. That's it facts. do, but there's there's also opportunity. There there was a time right where they had a solid team. They had surge. They yeah, had yeah, yeah. Team. They had yeah. Mm-hmm. And Jeff he Green shot them out of the game. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. This has yeah. this didn't happen one playoff series. That's true. It happened numerous times. That's true. But also they they also have arguably the the best player in the league on their team as well. And he never gets brought up in none of this. But like he never had like like he wasn't doing shit as no, 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 well. No, no. no, because I don't I don't that, that times no that time where they did make it, Russ shot them out of the game. Cause KD did say if you're gonna have a bad shooting game, we all gonna have bad shooting games. So somebody's always gonna have bad shooting games. That's one thing, right? And when you shooting your team and playing your team, when you shooting the ball and then you turning around and you ain't even looking, you're keeping it moving, come on now. You're supposed to be a leader of the team. And I get, like, you really all make youthful mistakes. Mm-hmm. But that, even if I make a youthful mistake, right, that's going to also always play a part of my legacy, whether I like it or not. Sure. But going back to the comments, going back to the comments, I'm with Russ. This the championship thing is a media thing and a media thing only, because you're not going to sit here and tell me Charles Barkley wasn't one of the greatest players to ever play the game Definitely because he didn't win a championship. And I don't think he really cares. You know what I mean? Like, like he didn't win a championship. That don't diminish his fucking career. No. Patrick Ewing, he didn't win one. It don't diminish his fucking career. Fracks. He's still a great. Carl Malone. Rapey nigga, but as a basketball player, he's still a great. Never won one. So it's like the narrative of championships and the reason why niggas go play with people is a media-driven thing and media-driven thing only. Because you ain't shit unless you got multiple championships. I don't think it's a you ain't shit. I think it's a whatever. It, it's but like this. What you, but, Stephen A. literally just said he don't give a damn about what the man does an, on you, a historical night because his team sucks. That's not his fault his team sucks. His team sucks and 
He he does it all the time. Who gives a fuck if he does it all the time? But this is the thing, right? So that that also shows me you do care. Like his response showed that you did you do care. <laughs> like at the end of the day, we you we niggas got to stop saying oh, I don't care about you. Do care, my nigga? Yeah, a, you care. Yeah. So it's it's like that's why I say they both were right because. What Stephen Stephen A's job is to rile shit up. That's his job. This is what he came in this. He's a media personality, and he's at the top because he riles shit up. That's what he came here to do. Just like you came here to play a game, they didn't hire you because they wanted you to score a shit ton of points. They wanted you on this team because ultimately, what's their goal? It's to win a championship. I That's get you. Everybody's goal. I get you. So I mean, at the end of the day. That's why I say they're both right because in the grand scheme of things, Russ is 100% right. This shit does not matter. What Even being an athlete, it's a great thing. Yeah. That shit does not matter. That shit's that just a day. blip in, in, in somebody's what he's, life. Yeah, that's just, it's just a blip, bro. Like, even if you look at Jordan, right? Mm-hmm. One of the greatest players of all time. Serial asshole. We say that. But he got, uh, he just put $100 million going into. Funding black-owned businesses and yeah. things like that—that that is more of a that's more of a, more importance than him being a basketball player ever will be. And yeah. the thing is, but we also have to put into context that these pundits—that's their job. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. He mm-hmm. he did his job. Nobody's telling him he didn't do his job. I just feel like I just feel like how how Russ thinks and how a lot of how a lot of people in professional sports thinks now versus then it's championships matter, but that's not the end all be all. It's what can I do for my community, my family? Can I create generational wealth for my loved ones and others and put them on and give them opportunity with the platform that I have? Because you're not at the end of the day, these guys are not just basketball players. You know what I mean? They husbands, fathers, you know what I mean? Community activists. Like always they have they have a voice and they give a voice to the voices. So what Russ said is hundred percent right. And for somebody to to dismiss for somebody to dismiss something great that you did because they feel like they deem they don't care. There's more people that gave a fuck about what he did than not. So for Stephen A to sit there and go and speak for everybody and go, don't nobody care about this shit? Yes, people do care about it. And the people that matters to him most care about it even more. But I, I, I don't even think it was necessarily in that context. He was just being Stephen A. Smith. Oh, yeah, of course. Was, of course. I don't think he was saying it in a context like, we don't fucking care. I, I, he was saying it, but he wasn't meaning it in that way. Yeah. Just like, nigga, you can do it all the time. That it, it wasn't. Yeah, but see, I, but that's also a problem too, right? So, a problem that we see in sports is if somebody keeps doing something over and over and over again, eventually, eventually, people feel like, oh, it don't even matter no more because this is what you do. Give me more. But nigga, I, I literally average a triple double. But he's averaging the triple double right now. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just what he does. This is his more, my but nigga. That's. That's 
part of his game. When you're that great, that's yeah. part of it. That's what I'm saying. He's giving you the ultimate. Niggas don't get triple doubles every day. He do, but not everybody. Don't try to normalize what the fuck this man is doing because this shit is great. Period. I don't think he normalized it for everybody else. I think he just normalized it for him. No, I, no, that's what I'm saying. But from the outside looking in, from the outside looking into it is, oh, he do it all the time. It don't matter. Just like LeBron going to the championship. Oh, it don't matter. He got to win it now. It's like, my nigga, y'all literally, y'all literally diminishing somebody for putting the team on his back, getting him to a championship game when there's people that never even sniff the conference finals. You know what I mean? It's people that don't even sniff a triple-double, and the nigga got a 30-20. A 30-20-10. That's hard to do. Man is elite at an elite level, and niggas talking about they don't care. Of course I'm going to be salty. But But he wasn't even salty. He was just like, bro, I don't give a fuck. But you have to also think about it. I was watching the old clip. Not to get too too long with it, but watching the old clip of when Jordan wore number 45 when he uh, came back and he played against, they played, they lost against Orlando. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about, one of the pundits was like, well, I guess he doesn't have it anymore. Like, nigga, I was out of the game for a year. Like, they're always going to do that. That's of course, it's what job. they're going to do. Word. Well, with that being said, we're going to take our first break of the show. And when we come back, I got a conversation that I got to have with Taz on camera. I don't know how it's going to go because I know him as a person. I don't know how it's going to go, but we're going to fucking do it. <laughs> we're going to fucking do it. And just know I love you. Appreciate you. <laughs> I'm going to tell you this now on camera. I love Taz. And not, in no, not in the way y'all thinking. This is my brother. He always will be my brother. But I might say some shit that might upset him. Hey. We'll be back. What to do tomorrow? But anyway, we back. And before we even get even any further, shout out to the drink that empowers us. Shout out to the drink that's flavorful. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the drink that's taking over the city and more. Drinky drink. Drinky drink. drink. Um, so, this next topic, I'm going to go ahead and play the video. Have you seen the video? <laughs> I saw it yesterday, yeah. <laughs> Have you seen the video, Taz? Yeah, I saw the video yesterday. So, I'll start by prefacing the video that we're talking about. The video that took the world by storm. The video that you're probably going to hear on all types of pa- podcasts that you listen to. That's facts. Lil Nas X video. Montero. Ain't that the song? Montero, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. Call me by your name. Yeah. yeah, call me by your name or whatever. So, Lil Nas X, of course, everybody knows the artist, Old Town Road. I mean, all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. He put out this video that's uh controversial you know what i mean looks like he's in a we watching it now so we give you the little play by play look like he had the kind of like the tree of life with i don't know what the fuck that is it's all cgi shit mm-hmm. you know what i mean and first of all i want to say the nigga said i don't want nobody else in this video it's just gonna be me it's straight him so he got a little serpent or whatever but anyway 
going further and further into the video. He slides down the longest stripper pole I ever seen in my <laughs> life. <laughs> yeah, he did. That shit and, was funny. You know me, he gives the devil a little lap dance. And then he kills the devil and then put the horns on. For five seconds. In scene. So I give I'll give my thoughts about the video out the way right now. It's creative as shit. It is a creative video. Would I do the video? No, because I'm just not that type of thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not talking about the devil thing or nothing like that. I'm just talking about, like, I mean, he got all types of shit on that I would never put on. You know what I mean? Like, he got this blue hairpiece on right now. I mean, you looking like Chris Tucker out of uh, Fifth Element, for real. Yeah. Weevil? Weevil, my man. Um, <laughs> my bad. My bad. I love that movie. Um, yeah, man. Nah, this, this was one of the controversial things. Mm-hmm. And then he also, I guess he released a shoe and kind of implied Nike had something to do with it. But it was, you know, the other day was Air Max Day. Yeah. So, you know, niggas was going crazy for Air Max Day. So it's only right that this trolling ass nigga created an Air Max called the Satan Shoe. And it got what? It got Luke, Luke 1018 Luke, on it? Uh, I think it was Luke... Uh, 710 or wh- whatever it was you know yeah. you, you know the numbers they got numbers for everything in that book but <laughs> well and uh it was talking about you know Satan, Satan falling from the yeah, from the sky or whatever or whatever and then it got a little drop of blood on it which yes. you know is not real blood but niggas went even more crazy it, the, the shoes sold out that's one in under a minute for thousands of fucking what supposed to happen? <laughs> All right. So, I just I just want to know y'all thoughts on the video, the shoes, the whole package. I'm gonna go very quick. The whole troll job. <laughs> right. So, that's exactly what it was. I felt like the video was very creative. wasn't my cup of tea, but it also wasn't geared towards me. Okay. Facts. Now for the people it was geared to. All the power to you. What we have to understand is that people always talk about everything is is gay now and all of that, but what they don't understand, them niggas really ain't represented like that. Especially, have we ever seen a gay rapper? Gay black, openly gay black rapper? So, this is his time to shine. Let him do what he gonna do. Mm-hmm. If you don't like it, you ain't gotta listen to it. You ain't gotta watch it. There it is. Now, as it pertains to the all of the other stuff, it's imagery. You can take it however you want to take it. But he ain't say fuck God. He ain't do nothing crazy like that. It's imagery. Like, when when you listen to people talk about, like, the black man is God and things like that, it don't necessarily mean that, oh, I think that I'm a God. It's that I'm, I feel God like I can control my destiny. Yeah. These, you know, these type of idioms and things like that but at the end of the day it's not being blasphemous quote unquote everything that Christians a lot of Christians don't like they throw as blasphemous and his man got on horns for five seconds he ain't out here like oh I'm the devil nah it I was imagery it, I don't think it had any slight against the church or anything like that at all go ahead Mr. Taz alright so 
So he put out a statement talking about what you know his intent was for the video. Okay. And all right, so when I first saw the video, I was like, all right, I saw it, but people. First, I, first you see people's reactions. You know, you see people close to you, uh, the faith, same faith that you're in. And you see all these people going, oh, my God, oh, my God. I, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there like, okay, what are y'all talking about? So I just see little still shots and everything. I'm like, oh, okay, let me just watch the video for myself. So I watched it, and I was like, hmm, okay, okay. So I wasn't like, it did, it rubbed me the wrong way a little bit, but I wasn't like overtly like hellfire brimstone. Yeah. So... Why didn't rub you wrong? Well, cause the 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 imagery, the imagery of the imagery rubs you wrong. The imagery rubs okay. you wrong. Okay. So I mean, you're playing off the garden, of Eden, and fall of man, and everything like that. So I was like, okay, I got you. But but you have your he has his right to do that because that is it is art. Um, it's that's something he wanted to put out. He has every right to do that. No one can stop him from doing that. Yeah. So. But he he was talking about how it the the video was kind of like the proverbial middle finger to people thinking like wanting him being in his business to you know being in his business and uh, trying to you know tell telling people to stay out of his business pretty much like you know I'm I'm yeah I'm a gay man this this and that. I don't care what y'all think. Stay out of it. But, you know, what's crazy is the video actually, it does the opposite. It's like, okay, if you really don't care what we think, then why put that statement out with the video? Because it it basically just let me into your business. And I'm, you're trying to change my opinion. You know, you're try, so. trying to change people's opinion. I'm, I'm like, all right, whatever, man. It's like, I mean, I don't... I don't think so. I think because what... That ideology mm-hmm. is that he doesn't know that he's a gay man in America. You're not going to agree with him anyway. Like, right. so it's no matter what, but he still has a right to stand up for himself. Definitely. So, I mean, I think that that's kind of what the statement kind of would entail. Mm-hmm. It's like, fuck, I don't care. Right. But you're going to do it anyway, so I might as well say what I got to say. Right. Well, it's, I mean, the, the, like the vow, that's, that's what I pulled from it. But, I mean, like, dog, like, okay, you a gay man? Okay, bet. There's a lot of y'all running around here like that. I well, got. He's, he's the first of his kind, though. That's true. <laughs> that is true. And you know, I think the video was for shock value, anyway. I mean, then you play the shoe on it. You know, you know. Yeah. I think is you know, man. Like, be do you? That's money. That's it, dog. Like, do you? I love you. You know. Wish you the best in everything you do, man. But you know, I ain't gotta agree with it. I ain't gotta yeah. like it. But guess what? You have every right in, in God's green earth to do what you want to do. So, I don't know if y'all seen what Jordan Lucas said. but um, I, The tweet? Yeah. He I said, I think the biggest problem for me is the fact that he don't understand Old Town Road is every kid's anthem. Mm-hmm. Children love him for that record. That's true. They tuned in and subscribed to his channels. So with no disclaimer, he dropped some left field ish, mm-hmm. and all our kids seen it, shaking yes. my head. So yeah, there's that too. So, but here's my thing about that: it is not his responsibility as an artist to let y'all know when he's gonna switch it on you. I don't care if he's one; yep. he's 21 years old. One, mm-hmm. you, parents, parents. Oh damn! No, all that's, right. that's all okay. Me. All right. Parents, do your research. 
Find out how old this how old is he? How old he is? When he came out uh with old Tyrone, so, he was what? He was nine, he was what, nineteen? So he's a grown man. This is Lil Nas X response. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely love what he said. What the hell is going on in here? Is there a storm brewing? Maybe. Hmm. Um, I literally sing about lean and adultery in Old Town Road. You decide to let your See? children listen. There it is. Blame yourself. That's true. That is true. That is where my whole point lies. So, immediately people want to bring the children involved. Yep. The, the song ain't for children. It's not. He talking about cocaine and all types yeah. of shit in this record. The song ain't for children. That just lets you that's know, one. That, that just lets you know parents aren't really listening the, with their kids. Are that's what me and Justin was talking about. The song ain't for children. The video ain't for children. Mm-mm. So don't bring up the children. As an artist, and as an artist, and in this country, we have freedom of speech. Yep. We can do whatever the fuck we want to do. So he decided to put out this video, obviously for for shock value reasons. Yep. And he got the response that he wanted. Yep. I mean, he had like 30 oh, something million views on the video in in a day. And churches was talking about it. Churches was talking about it. Preachers was preaching about it from the pulpit. US senators was coming out talking about it. Mm-hmm. Listen. It's a lot of fake outrage going on. And the fake outrage comes from this whole situation. So he's he's a gay man in America. Mm-hmm. The church condemn him anyway and say he's going to hell. See, that so, right there is where I I have to one kind of give a kind of kind of body of Christ. This is where I kind of have I have an issue. Is one and my words of wisdom is going to say all this, but we have no heaven or hell to put this man in. I understand what I understand what the good book says, I understand what we believe, but guess what? We don't have a heaven or hell to put this man in. The Bible tells me that I'm supposed to love my neighbor. It don't tell me it don't say love my straight neighbor only. It says love my neighbor. That is applicable to anybody. Black, white. Well, yes and no. It said the way the way I judge the merit that I judge someone, I'm to be judged as well. But that also means, right? You can't be doing no no hanky panky. That's that's true. That is true. And I gotta make sure that I pull the log out of my eye before I pull the plank out of my, my brother's eye. Yeah. But so I have to I have to one message to us is like, yo, you know, we've seen throughout we've seen throughout this country before when when the church has a disagreement with something, uh like uh, what's the church down in Florida? They will always stand outside with the gate, the signs talking about oh yeah, God yeah. hates God hates fags and uh gays and all gays and queers are going to hell. You know, burn all stuff. Like my thing is one, you don't have a heaven nor a hell, and our approach to evangelism has been wrong. Yeah, it has been wrong. One, 
why are you scare tactics to bring people to Christ? That's not how you. That's not but how that's you do how, that. But that's how it is here, bro. Especially that's, in the Bible, bro. That's, that's not how, how it is. And that's not how so, it's supposed to be. So it's like. They condemn him to hell because he's gay. Right. He puts out the video, going to hell, and then the church is still pissed off at him about it. It's got to be, y'all Y'all want him to be straight. Y'all want him to not express himself artistically. He does what y'all, he does what the church Already is condemning already him to. Already condemning him to. And they pissed off even more right. about it. Right? But yet, you can have on Halloween some woman or some kid dress up like the devil. Mm-hmm. Nobody says a fucking word. That's my thing. It's, it's fake, selective, it's fake out, it's selective outrage. It's selective outrage. Because honestly, if we are to be, if we are to hold to our standards... That that Christ puts forth, we don't celebrate Halloween, we don't celebrate Christmas, hell, we don't celebrate Easter. Do your research, do your research, people. Bro, I mean, shit, shit is just, it's just weird that, I mean, is the video weird? Sure, yeah, I mean, I, it's just because I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm just not into the music or yeah. the video, or whatever. It was creative as hell, very I much. Mean, He's, was he's catchy. He was he's a talented guy. I mean, you know I catch I mean? myself. I catch myself like when on the Logic commercial, the Logic uh, Logitech commercial. Yeah, he had that song on there. Mm-hmm. You know, I catch myself. Come here, yeah. I catch myself like, I'm like you know. And then it's like sketch tune. The problem, the problem I have with the church mainly is for something to be about love and kindness. From the pulpit is always preached with hate and fear, mm-hmm. and it's something that most people are driven away from because nobody likes somebody always judging them, and somebody doesn't like to be teared down at every single moment. For you just to build me up how you want me to. You want me to live a life that you want me to live, but yet everything in this book you select to try to make a point. And you also, you also scream at me in hate and fear. Mm -hmm. And cause a big fake outrage. To some shit that you shouldn't even be paying attention to in the first place. Well, I tell you that we have to pay attention to it because one, if we if we're bringing our children now here and here and it's a double, it's a layered conversation. So oh, absolutely, it's very layered, and it would take us forever to talk about it. But I pay attention to certain things because one, I'm a parent from first and foremost. So whatever my son is watching, I need to screen it before he's watching. Oh yeah, absolutely. And this is the thing that people don't understand. Like like what he said, I was talking about. He was talking about lean. Mm-hmm. In Old Town Road. Parents, if you're really, truly listening to what your kids are listening to and screening it, before you would know that was in there. Yeah, but... So don't yeah. sit there and sit there and be like, oh, his, it, it... And I understand it was kind of a bait... It, it was it was a low-key bait and switch, in a sense. But, like he said, he had the... He had that... He had that lyrical tone in his music from Jump Street. 
So parents, we gotta be watching and what our kids watch. Now, what our kids are watching and listening to. Now, I like I, like Bible as for me in my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. So my child's gonna be brought up that way. But I'm also going to let him know that, look, I this is how this is how I live my life. When you get to when you get out of my household, you can by all means do whatever you want. You discover you discover all this stuff on your own. That's fine. But while you're here, I this is this is what I this is what I put forth. Now that could be kind of controversial as well, because some people are like, well, you, you're hindering your child. No, my child will be aware of everything that's going on in the world. He will know all this other stuff, and you by all means you got you had to pick it a litter, bro. Had to pick it a litter. I said, but this is what I believe. This work for me. It's, it's work for me. It's X Y Z, and where I am in my life it might not work for you. Okay, but I have faith that it it will, and that's basically what my what my belief is. It's all faith. It's faith. Like yeah, yeah. I mean, like that's cool. It's just I don't know, man. It's a lot of you. You know how it is right now. Yeah. Everybody wants somebody to be canceled. That's true. For for the things they say and do, and but nah, we're not gonna cancel that, man. Don't cancel that, man. I don't you think you can. But you can't. My only thing is why. Like, there's other religions. Yeah. Why is Christianity always the one pointing fingers? Because that's what they do. That's what it's been built on. Well, see, that's the thing. It's it's. I won't say it's 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 always pointing fingers. Now, by some, yes, it is always pointing fingers. Definitely not all. Not all. Not all, but to me, I feel like but it's, by but, most. But also, you know, I always look at, I also ask the question, though, like, with other religions, you know, I don't know anything of them because I ain't never had somebody come up to me and talk to me about Hinduism. I ain't never heard of, had somebody come up to me and talk about, about yeah. Islam or anything like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that with the, quote, unquote, the Great Commission is we're supposed to go out into the world and evangelize. Now, how we do that, the approach, the approach to doing that is very different depending on where you're from. Um, now, for me, I'll, I believe in giving the gospel lovingly because, one, it is not my, it is not my, one, I have no heaven or hell to put you in. It is not, it is not my ability to change you. That is the Holy Spirit's job. All I do is I I preach the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh Yahawasha, uh Yah, Yahweh, whatever you want to call God and Christ, whatever you want to call him. I preach the good news and say, this is what this huh? No, nah, just let they know as, you over here talking that. As Hebrew, me. baby. I've been I've been picking up Hebrew a little bit. Um it's to let you know what, what Christ did for you on the cross. That's the good news. Now, after that, that's it. Like yeah. the whole if the Holy Spirit does what he's supposed to do, I stay out of it. That's not that's not my that's not my place to sit there and beat you over the head with the Bible. That's not I'm gonna I'm going to tell you what Christ thinks about you, what God thinks about you, and how that you're the apple of his eye, that he sent his son. Enough. He's he thought of he thought of you well enough to send your to send his son for your to die for you. After that, I got no foot in everything. What happens after that? Yeah, 
I got nothing else after that. I feel you, but bro. I can't be. I can't but, sit here and bash you, berate you, and tell you you're going to hell because you don't believe. That's not my place. Yeah. See, and that's why I said Taz is basically the the perfect Christian. I ain't perfect. <laughs> I ain't perfect. <laughs> Taz is gonna be humble, but I'm gonna look. And I'm, I said, but like I always say, I big myself on lit, walking out what I believe. Yeah, for I'm gonna sure. walk out with it. Now, look, I'm flawed. I'm flawed as any other human being, but I love, I love the Lord, and I'm gonna let you know that, mm. and I'm gonna treat you like the, like He tells me that I'm supposed to. Yeah, that's and, me. And in my experience with church, it's all a business. And they're going to do everything to get ready for the show on Sunday. Just like they get ready for football on Sundays. Just like they get ready for ball games and all that shit. That shit is a business. And they're going to treat it like a business. And they're going to tear people down to try to build them back up just enough so you can come back the next Sunday. That's how I feel. That's a bigger conversation for another it's a day. Bigger conversation. And I'm not going to get into it because we ain't got enough time. And I don't want Brother Taz to be pissed off at me. <laughs> I ain't going to be pissed off at you, bro. That's your opinion, man. But when we come back, we'll have a black as fuck with Justin <laughs> and words of wisdom. So we're back. And here is another episode of Black as Fuck with Just Cuz. So. On this episode of Black as Fuck, I want to talk about the children of the future. Mm. Okay. Right. So I believe the children of the future. <laughs> um <laughs> So I I was thinking about like growing up and like I was blessed to grow up with both of my parents and things weren't always like peachy, but it was phenomenal childhood. And I think back to like how my parents grew up. And like how they see their, how they even seen being black, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't that much beauty in it. Like my my parents grew up; they're born in South Carolina, mm-hmm. but they were raised in New York. My mother was raised by a, well, her mother was killed in front of her when she was six. Mm. Damn. And her her um aunt by marriage raised her, and she didn't treat her very well. And blocked them from going to their siblings. So she was 14. She moved to New York. So she, when she moved from the South and then she moved to New York, she seen a whole different world. She seen the beauty in, like, the way we wore our hair. And she talked about things like that. Just, like, how we were openly black and out loud. And how my aunt taught her about God. Taught her about all these different things. And how she, my Uncle Rudy... God rest his soul, who was my aunt's husband, who was like her father, raised her and, and uh, taught her about holding her head up high, always being enough. And even when she got pregnant at 17, he was always still there for her. And my father, he grew up, he left, moved to New York when he was seven. And my family is hood as fuck. Let's just say that. Country as <laughs> hell, hood as fuck. They didn't have much. His only way out was education. He went to um, basically a boarding school, and it, it changed his mind, how he seen things, how he thought about things. Went to Bucknell for two years, and then he had to work. And my dad is pro-black. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. 
Harlem. He that nigga not from New York City. He from Harlem, <laughs> USA. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. niggas like, from Harlem is yeah, is Harlem. different. Man. Yeah, it's yeah, different. yeah. Like, and I say all of that to go back to this: is we are shaped by the people around us. We are, and how they grow up, and how they teach their children. Yep. So I brought up those two individuals to say this: there are certain ways of how I was raised, how I won't raise my kids. Mm-hmm. But my parents are in their 60s, and there's certain things that they raised us with that they aren't using to help raise their grandchildren. Right. They're changing things around because it does no longer work. And they know they can't beat you for everything. Mm. They got to, oh, let me sit back, let me let you speak. What? How do you feel about this? And we look back on generations and generations, especially in the black community, we ain't really listen to our kids. You know what I'm saying? When it was like, baby girl's uncomfortable around Uncle Johnny, we're not picking up on why she's uncomfortable uh-huh. around Uncle Johnny. Like, oh, don't worry about my baby. It's just Uncle Johnny. No, Uncle Johnny little rapey ass need to get up out of here. Uh-huh. We need to pay more attention to our children, listen to our children, but also don't be afraid to discipline your children. Facts. And don't be afraid to give your children a little bit more of what you had instead of what you didn't have. Yeah. Uh, and also, it's vice versa. If you got too much ass whoopings, give them more love. Um, Because I've been mentoring kids since I've been 17 years old. And talking to them and seeing like how some of these kids are growing up. Like, until I spoke to them, they never really knew that they were enough. Like, some of them. Mm. They never really like thought they can go to college. They see me go to college. Oh, I can do it. Like, my first mentee, he not only went to college, got a master's, is a management consultant, is doing good. And it's not just me. It's the people, his mother, his grandmother. It's them instilling things into him and him listening. And the next point is we can't make our kids listen. Mm -mm. But we can give them the tools. And a lot of times with us as white people, we get so caught up in getting to a point in our lives. Oh, I want to get, I want to get my kids into this school. I want to go to this house. I want to have this car, these clothes. I want my kids to look like this, to do this, be in these activities that we so like wrapped up in the outward part of it. We ain't even worried about what's inside of them. Like it's not what's on you. It's what's in you. If your kids don't have all the tools to succeed, they don't know about taxes they don't know about how to uh, start businesses how cre- how credit works they don't know how to talk to people in public they don't know about etiquette they don't know when to be quiet or when to speak if they don't know any of these things and a lot of things you will learn from trial and error mm-hmm. but there's certain basic things that you have to pour into your children before they leave your house yes and if you don't the world is going to have to deal with that. And the way they deal with it may be totally different than anything that you're even thinking about. Yeah. You might not have a child anymore if you don't put the right things into them. Now, everything is not based on what you teach your children. We know that. But in order to give us an advantage in a world that is shifted, you know what I'm saying, we have to make sure our kids have more inward knowledge than... Worrying about what's on TV. Yeah. Looking at that tablet all day. Yeah. 
You know what I'm saying? And we're all guilty of it. And I know, like, me personally, sometimes I'd be like, get the hell out of my face. Go play on that tablet. I'm tired of these damn kids. I've been working all day. Yeah. But you have to, like, sit back and be like, you know what? This is the next generation. You know what I'm saying? Like, I listen to generations before us talk about millennials like, they ain't never going to be shit. They think they know everything. But when I'm looking at all the work that's being done out here, it's being done by them. A lot of it. It's being done by them. The ones who sitting on their ass ain't doing nothing, that's the generation before us. It's not all of them, but it's a lot of them. And it's like, what are you teaching them hmm. by saying they won't be nothing? They're not doing this because somebody did that to you. Yeah. Does not mean we need to continue that trend. Huh. And we just talked about Little Nas X and gays and all of that. This is the thing we're going to have to understand. We're raising our children. Is that, not even just raising your children, even as an uncle or whatever. Is that kids are going to be gay, kids being gay. It's going to be transgender, kids being transgender. And they they going to do all types of shit. Your kids going to rob niggas. They going to do all types of stuff. I hope not. Oh, Hopefully not. Caught <laughs> <laughs> out here hitting Bro, licks. As long as you... Bro, if you don't show your kid love, they're going to find that shit from somewhere else. It's facts. They're going to, if you don't accept them, how do you expect the world to? At the end of the day, we can all have differences, but we have to come to a common goal, and it's to be not just efficient in the future. We want to be hellified successful. When you see people talking about black people, we're not always seen in a good light. We want like the next 50 years to be prosperous for our kids and our kids' kids. Only way that's going to work is if we pour more into children and not even just our kids. Heck, we want to be kids in the want us to be prosperous too, shoot. Exactly, but the only way we're really going to get the next generation is the next generation. Yeah. Uh Yeah. We got to encourage our kids too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Encourage them to do shit that you ain't never think you would ever do expose them to things that yeah. maybe you never even even uh grew up with yeah. i know i know my kids are living a life that i never dreamed about in my wildest my wildest fucking dreams and if you don't know about something they'll be like oh that's white or that's corny uh-uh. or that's this yeah. just say you know what oh let's see about that yeah yeah that's the thing like people want to you want to discourage people from from exploring stuff that you don't know yourself mm-hmm. and you you hinder your child's growth that way it's like if a, if your child asking about the pythagorean theorem and you don't know what the pythagorean theorem go is find out. go find out what it is you learn something they learn something you learn it together now when it comes back oh i know what the pythagorean theorem is and look at golf right that's a white sport right tiger tried it everybody tried to do it right mm-hmm. everybody doing it now but also that's the sport of business. When they go out there they on them, business. they are talking business. This is a quiet like, sport. When I was in state and I was uh, in summer school, that was like one of our community service things mm. Went at the golf course. And they talking businesses, people getting internships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hell yeah. Shit off of that. I mean, look at uh, ATL. The movie yep. ATL. Uh, what's, what's the dude buddy name? Esquire. Esquire. <laughs> Went out there with Mr. Um, 
What's his name? That nigga. He went out there with him and talk. He was talking to him. Yeah, that's. I mean, a lot of cases in the world and in, in the court is already decided on the golf course. I believe it. It just. It is what it is, man. Just expose people to things that you might not necessarily been exposed to. Do it yeah. together. Um, any last words before we get to words of wisdom? Words of wisdom, <laughs> Mr. Taz. All right, so my words of wisdom, it's really not words of wisdom. It's more so a little, little something I wrote to Mr. Mr. Montero Lamar Hill. So let me be the first to apologize. Damn, you got his whole... Yeah, I got his whole name in there, man. But let me be the first to apologize um, that some of us, not all, have berated and condemned you. You are an image bearer of our Heavenly Father who loves you enough that he sent his son in human form to die for you. So I'm praying for you, sir. Always. So to my brothers and sisters in Christ, I think that we as the body of Christ have done a disservice to our witness. Uh, we have condemned people to a hell that we have no power to put them in. Let's make sure that we love our neighbor as Christ commands us. We can be angry at the actions of people, but we should never be hateful in our approach to offer correction. We can verbally express our displeasure of something, but never hatefully. We may have failed at winning people for Christ in our evangelical approach when we are hateful. Standing with signs full of hateful rhetoric will never bring someone to Christ. Those are scare tactics. God wants people to come to him because of love, not out of fear. You can't truly love someone you fear. If we want to effectively share the gospel, we should remove ourselves from the echo chamber we stay in and develop relationships with those that don't believe like us. Share our stories of sin to salvation. We all have a very powerful story and God wants to use it. People will be more compelled by our thoughts and experiences because they know of, they know us. If Jesus is a tangible reality in our life, others will see that and may want it. Let the Holy Spirit lead the conversation. Know with confidence that God will lead us and give us the right words to say to the right individuals. Be patient and faithful. Evangelism is to lead people to Christ. It may not happen overnight, but we must remember that God knows when the seed will plant, we plant will bear fruit. Remember that people are on a journey. Each person is in a different place when in their journey. And some may not be ready to fully commit their lives to Christ. Our responsibility is to simply lead them further down the path, bring them closer to a finding a relationship with Jesus. Pray unceasingly. Do not give up hope. Prayer is the catalyst that it initiates God's will being done in the earth. Remember that it's not up to us. Successful witnessing is simply sharing Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and leaving the results to God. That's it. As a person comes into the knowledge of who God is, the Holy Spirit will, will move and convict those areas that he wants a person to change. We can, we can disagree with a person, but remember, we must love, never be hateful. Remember that. Thank you, Mr. Taz. 
You're welcome. Thank you, Mr. Justin, for a back-to-back blackest fucking words of wisdom. <laughs> it's fantastic. Ratchetness and righteousness all wrapped in one. And with that being said, always remember, no matter the view, it's, it's always, always with respect. respect. And that was another episode of Views from the Floor podcast.